What is the most impactful talk or sermon that you have ever heard, and how did it change you? Yeah, and talks can be powerful, Dad. I mean, you and I, we just got back from Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, we were in a room full of pastors. And yeah. there's a big podcaster, Kerry Newhoff, who gave a talk. And his talk actually revamped my whole calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just one talk revamped my whole calendar. Yep. Talks can be, not just talks, sermons can be huge yeah. in people's lives. And there have been a couple of sermons that I could point to where I could remember. Uh, in fact, the first sermon by a gospel preaching, Bible teaching pastor, I still remember it almost word for word. I mean, it was mm-hmm. that, it made that much of an impact on me. And my life was changed because of it. it sent me on a journey to discover what is this stuff all about. Yeah. And so we are going to be seeing a passage here that gives the greatest sermon ever preached in history. So Luke chapter 6, and, and by the way, you're listening to Between the Lines because some of these people are listening. What are we, what are we hearing here? They're not sure what it is. <laughs> so this is Between the Lines. I'm Junior. I'm Scott. He's Junior. I'm, junior. <laughs> I'm Senior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you, uh, do you want to get started yeah. or do you want me to? Yep. You go ahead. This is one Sabbath day. It's just kind of funny in the Gospels. Anytime you hear Sabbath day, it's like dun-dun-dun, because yep. Jesus just liked to rock the boat on Sabbath days. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbed off the husks in their hands, and ate the grain. Which, by the way, have you ever done that? Is that good? I actually have. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's good. It tastes, it's a little chalky. Okay. I got to tell Nicole, because last night we were laying in bed just watching The Chosen, and that depicts this scene here. Huh. Nicole's like, you can do that? And I was like, well, yeah, it's in scripture, <laughs> it's in the <laughs> Bible. <laughs> right. She's like, well, how does it taste? Well, like, think about no this idea. way. This uh, grain, um, you know, we're not really sure what the grain was. It's probably barley. But if you think about what it's like to eat oatmeal, raw oatmeal that hasn't been yeah. cooked, that's just grain. It's been sure. rolled, dried grain. and so It's, it's nutrients. It's not for yeah. doing it for the taste. It's just yep. for the sustenance. Some Pharisees said, why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on Sabbath? Jesus replied, haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests can eat. He also gave some to his companions. And Jesus added, the son of man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Hmm. Now, I've had people ask, and we have covered this before, but just mm-hmm. a real quick, um, maybe recap. Son of man is used quite a bit in yeah. the Gospels. What is that? Well, the son of man was used by the prophets, Zechariah in particular, speaking Daniel of... Daniel as well too, right? Daniel, yes. Speaking of the Messiah, and the reason that Jesus uses this term, and the reason it was used as son of man as being the Messiah, because this would be God who became the offspring of human beings, the son of man. And so the emphasis there, we think of right away that this emphasizes Jesus's humanity when he calls himself the son of man. But in reality, it was understood that this is emphasizing his deity, that he was God having been birthed as a human being. So it's a somewhat little bit veiled claim to deity. It's a, not it's, so well, it's very much a claim a to being the Messiah, yeah. absolutely a claim to being the Messiah. Their understanding of who this Messiah was and where God fit in was mixed. Mm-hmm. Some understood this as being the God-man, some just being the special son of God. Okay. On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. This is just what critics do, mm-hmm. by the way. They just are, they're not just looking to looking for, worship yeah. on the day. They're just looking for mm-hmm. little problems around. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, 
come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one. Because nobody, nobody responds. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. He asks this question, nobody wants to respond. Pretty simple question, too. And then said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. Which is t- just unbelievable. He just healed this man. Yeah. Allowed for him to be able to go back to providing for his family. He was an he was an invalid prior to this. Couldn't take care of his family. Couldn't work. Had no means of sustenance. Yeah. Jesus takes care of that, and instead of rejoicing, they're filled with rage. Yep, it's like it, it, you know this still happens today. I think we can all be guilty of this though, too, Dad. But like, I remember one time I um, we'd baptized a ton of people. It was years ago. We baptized a ton of people in one service, and somebody came up with just very upset about one little thing that went wrong in the sermon. Mm-hmm. And there was a family who was going to leave the church, all mad. It was about something very, very minor. And I just thought, this is exactly how the Pharisees were mm-hmm. with Jesus. Like, let's not celebrate all those baptisms. Let's just get upset about one little <laughs> thing that might have gotten gotten you under your saddle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to take it from verse 12? Sure. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Imagine that. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles. Actually, when I teach on prayer, this is one of the points that I use, that when should we pray? You know, pray when we're busy because Jesus, during a very busy time, got away and just forced himself to get away. He needed prayer more when he was busy. And when we're busy, that's usually the first thing that we drop. But the other part of this is, is praying when you've got big decisions to make. Yeah. I mean, he's about to choose those that he's going to send out with his great commission who will eventually change the world when they plant churches beginning in Jerusalem, but then throughout all of Israel and then the rest of the world. And he's about to choose who those were going to be. And he spends the night prior to this talking to his yeah. father. It's kind of like, it reminds me of what Martin, I'm going to botch the quote, but what Martin Luther had said, something along the lines of, if I have an extra busy day, I know I need to pray for an extra hour. Yeah. Actually, yeah, the quote was that uh, he worked to pray an hour a day, which... To me, it's, yeah. that's a phenomenal example. And then he said, but when I'm extra busy, I pray two hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so we do the opposite, right? It's we like, do oh, the opposite. Gotta go. Yep. All right, verse 14. Simon, whom he named Peter, remember Peter meaning, or Petros, meaning rock. Simon means stone. So he changed his name from stone to, to rock. Andrew, who was Peter's brother. James, John, Philip, Bartholomew. Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, because there's a couple of James there. Simon, not a couple of Simons too, who was called the Zealot. So this was a guy of a, of a radical political persuasion. Judas, the son of James. So that's the different Judas. And then Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. It's quite a mishmash of disciples that he is choosing here. You got Matthew, who was in league with the Romans, and you've got the Simon the Zealot, who was this political activist, uh, yeah. you know, against Zealots the Romans. carried and, a dagger just in case they could kill a Roman yeah. soldier. <laughs> yeah, and, and on the you know, opposite sides, you got Simon Peter, who was a small businessman, probably trying to run from Matthew, who was the yeah. tax collector. Yeah. So it's quite a mishmash of people, and, and it's amazing how if no matter how different we are, if we are focused on Christ alone, we can be unified. And this is what happened with them. 
So verse 17 then, when they came down from the mountain, uh, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. And there were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, so even in Gentile areas. They had come to hear him to be healed of their diseases, and those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him, and he healed everyone. Then Jesus turned to his disciples, and he said, and we have these famous words, this is the greatest sermon ever preached. These are the Beatitudes from that sermon. We could spend a week talking about this, but we'll just read through it. God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. That is recognizing your poverty. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. So if you hunger after spiritual things. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. You're allowing yourself to grieve over the proper things. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of God. So you take it on the chin for Jesus' sake. You're going to be blessed because of it. When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. What sorrow awaits you who are rich? For you have only happiness now. In other words, you, you know, the happiness you're going to get because of your wealth is, is right now, but it's not going to last. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds for their ancestors, also praised false prophets. This is where we end. We're going to pick up in verse 27 tomorrow, but um, that's, this can be real eye-opening. It's like, what kind of pleasure are we looking for? The pleasure for the here and now, the temporary, or are we looking for that which is eternal, eternal pleasures yep. in heaven with him? Yeah. Let's move over to Proverbs chapter 10. Chapter 10 is the corresponding chapter for today. We want to focus on, again, hope you read the full chapter, but want to focus on or highlight verse 8 today. And that says, The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their face. <laughs> the wise are glad to be instructed. What about you? Do you get a little upset when you're instructed? Does it bother you? Do you try to poke holes anytime you're instructed? Or do you seek that out? You know, we talked about that conference we went to, and it reminds me as well because you heard me t- talk about one of my pet peeves, and that I hate I hate spending money to go to a conference to hear the other conference attendees speak. You know, when yeah. they have a Q and A session, oftentimes what you wind up with is the guys that want to they wish they were invited to be the speakers, but they're not, and that's when they usually get up to try to share their wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And I'm and you always, always wonder if they're thinking. If I do a good job, maybe they'll invite me next year. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes those Q&A sessions can be really good because I do like it when we have good questions. But oftentimes it's the people that stand and ask questions want to be heard asking questions. And and it, and and I've often thought of that here. Am I, and I have to be careful of this myself. Am I really willing and always looking to learn and listen? Or am I just so quick to share my opinion? that I'm that babbling fool who's yeah. going to wind up falling flat on my face. It's like that idea of the moment you think you've arrived, you have. <laughs> Just way under your potential. Yep, you won't get any further. So keep learning, keep growing. And that's uh, something really good for us to pay close attention to, to today, as well as when we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount with Jesus, where he was going with this. And that is focusing on what's really going to matter in eternity. and Focus on those things today. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today.